What's up, Purpose Finders? Archie here with part two of the Tim Adams episode. And if you haven't heard part one, I'm just going to suggest right now you go back, you listen to part one, you get a little idea of what Tim's been hitting on. He hits on a lot of dope concepts in uh, episode one and episode two. He dives in even deeper. So I'm really excited to give you all this episode. I'm not even going to get any actual cue music, man. I'm just excited to get you all listening. So without further ado, let's get back. Part two. Let's get this thing going. Okay, so you know way more about this than I ever will. But when you hear about guys like LeBron James putting like crazy amounts of like money into like their body to stay in like peak shape, conditioning, et cetera, like what does that look like? I like from your perspective, I don't know like what you know like in regards to that because I know nothing. But yeah. <laughs> what would that look like or what does that look like? Well, so I mean, like there was an article in, um, maybe it was Sports Illustrated or ESPN, the magazine, um, Russell Wilson spending $3 million a year on yeah. his body, right? And, uh, or maybe it's a million, I can't remember. Maybe LeBron's a three, he's at a million. Maybe that's what it is. I can't quite remember. I know um, from firsthand experience with guys, cause I've been on a, a team of a guy who was spending about that much money um, 20 years ago and um, so like there's, there's, there's going to be a piece, a, a lot of it is around restoration and recovery, right? Yeah. Like what can you, and this is, this is like a philosophy that I have. And this is one of my, my, I guess you would say secret weapons. Maybe it won't be so secret here in a second, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm all about how can you accelerate the adaptation cycle? Mm-hmm. Because uh, every cell in your body, adapt, not every cell, but types of cells adapt at a certain rate. And yeah. if you can accelerate or condense that ability to accelerate through proper recovery and restoration practices mm-hmm. and different types of therapies and modalities, then you can get multiple bouts of stress in within the same amount of time. And that's going to, if you're, if you do it properly and you know how to periodize this and you know how to plan it and program it and modulate the athlete, you can get twice the amount of training done in the same amount of time as somebody else. And you're going to get an exponentially more increase in performance and capacity and margin than that other individual. And that's going to allow them to make it through the season with less chance of injury. Now, look, you can't guarantee that you're going to come out of a season in without an injury. You can't. However, if it's a contact sport, however, you can certainly play the odds in it. And if you have a great margin, if you have a greater capacity and your body is functioning optimally, then your chances of injury are much less than the guy next to you who hasn't taken care of himself. Yeah. And the stress then that the body receives is significantly less. And so now you can play around with actually improving yourself during the season versus just maintaining during the season. And if I can come out of the season, at least the same that I went into the season in the off season, I'm going to end up better than the previous season. So that means every season I'm going to be getting better, better and better and better because I'm focused on accelerating my ability to adapt. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get you there. That could be hyperbaric chambers. It could be cryo chambers. It could be red light therapy. It could be um, oxygen therapy. It could be IVs. It could be all manual therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, you name it. It could be a ton of different things. And there's a lot of other things that you could add on to it from supplementation to nutrition to 
all sorts of things. Um, you can you can do all that, and all that's expensive. Like the you know PMF, PMFs, all these different therapeutic devices. They yeah. you know hyperbaric chambers twenty five thousand dollars. You can get it for probably fifteen ten. Um, but you're going to spend a, a good chunk of change on it and yeah. getting a good, getting a good trainer, a good coach, a good performance coach, a good sports psychologist, like all of those things cost money. And, yeah. and when you create a team that's going to work with you and you're, you're committed to working with them. Like if you're really serious, you're going to be talking to your sports psychologist or your um, mental performance coach every week, probably yeah. multiple times a week. Yeah. You're working with your performance coach probably six days a week, yeah. maybe more. That's wild. at least, at least four, at least four, but the guys that are serious, they're doing it six to seven a week. You, you think Tom Brady's taking time off from Alex Guerrero? No, he's with them every day. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, and why do you think he's got the pliability to be playing at his age? That's why, right? Yeah. Like there, there's no mistake why, these guys that are um, seem like they are defying age yeah. are there like because they're they're investing in their body they're investing yeah. in their mind and they're investing in their future and, and that's the that's like that's my pitch when I talk to clients it's like I lay them down and I'm like you know my guys they they they've played for 17 years in the league I've got a guy played 21 years in the league like you don't, you don't do that by accident. You know, it, it, it requires a commitment um, yeah. and it requires the resources to be able to fund it. Yeah. And like, while you're talking on the whole deal of like clients, like this is just something I'm going to bring up because I like to talk about that whole deal from like figuring out what you want to do once you're done, like playing the sport or done with the job you just don't want to do, or yeah. you just want that next chapter. Yep. So like, what advice would you give an individual when, if they're trying to build a career like similar to, to yours? And before you even answer that, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw out like maybe one or two things that like you told me. Yeah. And if, if it hits, then it hits, we're good. Uh, the first being like paying attention to the nuance of the details, which is big. The first time I got in contact with you, I remember you almost didn't even want to talk to me because I kept messing up the time zone changes. I wasn't paying attention to your time zone. Like I was just sitting there screwing everything up. Yep. So like that, I know that was like being like keen into those nuances. Yep. The second being um, knowing how to, no, it's actually three. Okay, sorry, three. The second being knowing how to tell like your story yep. and being able to effectively like give your content to others. Specifically, I mean, I don't know if this is within every field, but I know for sports psychology, you being able to tell your story and to uh, effectively get people to understand and be empathetic to your story and also give them information they can learn from is like friggin' it's huge. Yep. And then the last thing you've hit on it already, but it's not just learning knowledge, but also putting it into work. Yep. So like, those are like the three things that like, I like I took keen from you from knowing you, but like, yeah. what advice would you tell an individual that's looking to build a career, whether that's like doing something that you do or any type of consulting work or, I mean, anything, because I mean, and nowadays, I mean, 2020 jobs are kind of different and a lot of people are learning to be that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So like, what advice would you give to someone that's trying to build that career? Um, this is gonna be, this is gonna sound bad. Um, 
how do I, um, what's the best way to answer this? First and foremost, you got to know who you are. Um, there, there's, there's no escaping um, who you are. And if you don't know who you are, like I, I can honestly say I, I went 49 years, I'm 52. I went, I went 49 years of my life without knowing who I was. And um, for a lot of that, I was a shell of a man, even though I was great at what I did. I could have been so much better had I really truly known who I was. If I valued me, if I loved me enough to care for me instead of forego my health for everybody else. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you really truly know who you are and you really value who you are, then you, the, you'll be able to make the right decision at the right time. And what I mean by that is, um, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Just yeah. because you, you start your own business doesn't mean you're an entrepreneur. Like, um, and, and that, that I, want to, like, I want to say this really, I'm, I'm going to say it very directly. Like it, everybody that's out there being an entrepreneur, you should, not everybody that's doing it should be it. Like yeah. some of you need to be a worker. Some of you actually need to go work for somebody because that's when you are the best at what you do. You were designed to work. Some people were designed to lead. Like if, if you really look at it, we can't have uh, everybody in the world be a leader because nobody would follow anybody, right? Like it's an impossibility for everybody to be a leader. It's, yeah. it's an impossibility. That sounds bad. It sounds like almost e egotistical, but it's not. It's the reality of, of mm, the system, if you would. Yeah. And, and, and it's really the reality of you. And, and this is why I'm saying this. Like when you know you, you know where you're, where, where you're supposed to be. Like yeah. if you have a calling to be a leader, you, you have that for a purpose. You have it because, because you don't get called to do something if somebody didn't see that in you. Yeah. And, and, and look, um, this gets to be a little maybe spiritual, but like, I believe that if, if you're feeling called, that means that there's somebody on the other side needing your assistance. Like they're, they're calling you forth from yeah. their prayers, their meditations, their supplications, their intents, right? Like they need you and you're, you're feeling it. Like you, you literally are like, yeah, I need to step up. Yeah. And I need to do something different and, and, and different would be, I need to change the way I'm behaving yeah. so that I can actually become a leader. And I'm now going to do the things necessary on a daily basis to be that leader. Yeah. But if I'm not called to be a leader, then don't just go out and think that you're going to lead other people because you, you probably aren't qualified to do it. And you yeah. probably, if you haven't been called to do it, probably shouldn't be standing out in front of somebody to do it. And that's why they're, 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 they're the greatest leaders in the world were hesitant to do it because they felt called, but they didn't feel mm, like they were capable of it. Yeah. And so they had to go earn it. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so the same thing with being an entrepreneur, if you're not 
call to be an entrepreneur doesn't, I don't know if that's the best thing for you to do. Like everybody out there is trying to be an entrepreneur right now. And I think it's the biggest mistake. It's like, if I'm a worker bee and I'm great at working, why am I out trying to build something that I'm going to fail at? Because I, it's not in my DNA. It's not in my calling to be. And then there's, there, so I, I know this is a bit controversial because it's like, yeah, everybody out there is trying to do it. I don't yeah. think everybody out, like, not if I, and, and this goes back to, if we go, if we just look at how we are made up genetically, not everybody should be a hundred meter sprinter. Not everybody should be a quarter miler. Not everybody should be a marathoner. Like if everybody went and did it, well, you, we would see very clearly the bell curve. Yeah. There would be the outliers in the front. They're crushing it. There'd be the guys that are so fast twitch, they can't even run it the entire thing. Like they're gonna, they're gonna be seized up, cramping up, not, not capable of actually running that marathon. And yeah. you're gonna have most people in the middle that they're gonna be able to do it, but they'll probably do it in four to six hours. Yeah, I get you. So, so for me, it's like when you understand who you are, then you know where you fit. Are you a leader? Yeah. Are, you, are you an entrepreneur? Are you a worker? Yeah. Probably, you know, if we, if you look at the bell curve, it's probably like sixty eight percent. Yeah. And then you and then you have the people that are responsible for, um, annotating it all, like uh, yeah. the scribes, if you would. Yeah. And that's to me, that's how I see the world. I I see the world as the kind of those four basic areas, and 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 where are you going to fit? Like, know yeah. who you are, like. And look, being a worker may not sound sexy, may not, but we need workers to build. And, and I know guys that love their job, that are great at their job and get off on being the best foreman, the best, you know, mechanic, the best, whatever, you know, the, the, whatever it is that they're doing. But if you're, if that's what you're supposed to be doing and you're sitting there trying to build a business, you, you're, you're asking for resistance. You're asking for a challenge. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not like, go for it, try it. But when you don't succeed, it's not because you're not good at it. It's because that's not where you're meant to be. Yeah. I, I, so, but that comes back to like, that was a hard lesson for me. It's like, I, I had to really learn me in order to understand where did I fit in this yeah. world and 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 being sober enough to 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 go oh all right I guess I'm in this place not that place yeah and and so that's kind of you know uh, it was a lesson for me um it's not it's not very politically correct um yeah. it's not and and um uh, and, and and let me let me let me say this about it as well. Just because you're not one, or like say you're a worker and you you want like we all can be all all of those. And, and, and let me let me let me um, explain this a little further. It's like even the muscle fiber types, right? Because everything I do is based on principles. The principles for me are of, are of science, of physiology, and biomechanics, and and science, really. Yeah. And so if you look at this concept of the leaders and the entrepreneurs and, and these workers and even the, the scribe piece of it, 
we do all of that. Like yeah. every individual has that within them because we have to lead ourselves. We yeah. have to lead our family. We have to lead, you know, maybe our community, our church, whatever we're involved in, right? But the percentage of that's going to be different for everybody. Like um, I might, I might have X percentage of leadership and X percentage of entrepreneurship and X percent of worker, but given the course of my career, I, I ha I've had to spend X amount of time in each one of those at some point in time. Yeah, for and sure. And I think it's important you say that because again, like I think it does ebb and flow depending on like kind of where you are in life and the steps that you're taking and the work you're putting in because I mean, you can, I mean, let's not look at it just as like an entrepreneurial thing. It's the same if we're looking at like an artist, mm -hmm. like it's the same, it's the same deal. Yeah. It's like, you want to be the, the, the creme de la creme. You want to be one of the best, but in order to get there, you, you probably failed a whole bunch of ways and you probably had a whole bunch of setbacks yeah. in order for you to make that one thing. And a lot of times, I mean, you can look at artists that lived like forever ago, they died when they were back here, but 20 years, hundred years, 200 years later, like they're like one of the greatest and the most renowned. Yep. It's just a matter of like not giving up. Yep. I think so. Yeah. Like, I, I, totally, kind of I, I totally agree. And, and yet, so, but, and, and, and the, the, my, my point though, the, the advice I give people is like, know what you're good at. Like if you're great at working, then majority of your life should be spent in that working mode. Right. Like doesn't mean it's a, it's not hustling. It doesn't mean you're not grinding, but it means your greatest joy is going to be in the percentage of whatever these these areas are you're you're, you're preferentially wired for. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't mean you're not going to lead, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't lead, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't build a business. Yeah. But if if you want to scale and grow the business, that might be better off for a business partner. Yeah. And so when you know who, where you are, then you bring in the other people to do the things that you're not great at. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point. When, so when you know that, but, and, and then the other piece of that is like, that's, that's when you go about like delegating like role. Exactly. Right. I've been told so many times, know your role, know your role. Like go into an organization, know your role. GMs tell me, know your role. Coaches tell me, know your role. And, and, and I'm also at that, this place, cause I'm a bit of a maverick of, if I only did my role, if I only did my role, then I'm missing out on helping this athlete or this client or whatever achieve what they want to ultimately achieve, right? So, so for me, I stepped out of maybe a worker piece and became a little more entrepreneurial and a little more leader to be able to help my clients then bridge the gap between where they are and where they ultimately want to be. Because if I stayed in my role, I, I, I wouldn't be able to help them significantly, right? And so that's one piece of it. But then the flip side of that, and that's why I'm saying like, there's, 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 a, there's a, a, a two, two sides to all of this, right? And the other side of this is if you are like 90% uh, of a, a worker or a 90% an entrepreneur, 90% a leader and only 10% of a worker. And you sit there and you try to grind out the work side of it. And you're not doing, you're not leading, then you're actually doing everybody a disservice, not yeah. just yourself, everybody else around you a disservice because you're the one who needs to be orchestrating the whole thing. And what you're doing is you're trying to do it for them. Stop doing it for them and start 
delegating it, start allowing them to do their job, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that the only way to do that is to know who you are, is to, to, to do a deeper dive. Like, yeah. I, I, and again, I spent so much of my, and this is, and, and so I'm going to share this. The, only, the reason I know why um, you become a lifelong student or that, that's, that's a thing is because that's what I was. I never, I was getting all these great results in my 30s and even in my 20s. And yet I wasn't, I, I never stepped out as being, some, being thinking that I was good enough. Uh, I always thought I, I'd have to learn more. I wasn't good enough. I needed another thing. I needed another thing. And I never really, I never really owned my success or my ability to help my clients create success. And so I just kept dismissing me, dismissing me, dismissing me, dismissing me. And that takes a toll on the ego. It takes its toll on my confidence. It takes my, a toll on, you know, even your pocketbook. Yeah. And, and so finally coming to terms with, and I, you know, um, owning my successes, owning who I am, owning what I'm worth and valuing and looking for answers inside versus outside was one of the biggest lessons I've ever gotten. Like it's probably the greatest lesson I've ever gotten. And so- That's tough. I mean, I like that a lot. And I feel like that's gotta be really tough because I feel like for um, a lot of people, like it's, you never want to be that person that's kind of looking like you're like you're boasting or like acting like you're like you're being extra like you're you're better than everyone but sometimes it is a matter of like owning who you are and like you look at athletics and this is just me from like when i played like it gets to a point to where you kind of just got to own that like, yo you're that dude and you you like you want to play like that dude everybody else thinks you're that dude you can't just sit there and shy away from it sometimes you just got to step into like who you are and just go and, and I find um, the, the guys that don't own their ability are the guys that are always trying to prove themselves to others. And it's yeah. it, and that then it just wastes a lot of energy and, yeah. um, and, and creates a dysfunction in performance. Like you never, when you're trying to prove something to somebody else, you, you, you can never perform optimally. You just can't because you're you're on the you're always looking out. You're always you're you're always focused on the wrong thing. What's that? Yeah. I think it's difficult to do. So like me personally, like I'm 26 years old. Like I'm nowhere, like in my head, it's like I I'm like I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet. So like you you hit points and I feel like anybody that's like my age is probably like the same way. To where like you it's not like you're like trying to compare because like you know where you're at, you know what you can do. But then you look at where you want to get to and you're just yeah. like, well, crap. Like we, we, we all have these blind spots and those blind spots are, are, are what are limiting us. And again, that's another reason to have a coach. It's another reason to have uh, a peer or, or a group of guys that can, or women or, you know, a group of people that can challenge you and call you out. Like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't do you any good to surround yourself with, with yes, man. It doesn't do you any good to surround yourself with people that are just going to tell you that you're great. You got to find someone who's willing to tell you that you suck at what you do, that sure. that you stepped out of line, that you could be better. And if you're not man enough to receive that, then you got to take a look at yourself, right? If that triggers you, 
then then you have to do something about it. And, and look, I, I, I'm with you in, in, in every decade is there's a different component and, and a different lesson and a different perspective on life in each decade, right? And, and again, I'm, I'm about how can we either accelerate it or how can you get your lesson from that decade and then you know maybe even acquire it. And again, this is why when you learn from people, don't just learn from people of your age, learn from people that are older than you, learn from people that are younger than you because it's a different perspective. And it's that perspective that again, allows you to to look at your reality just differently. Yeah, I agree. And like, that's that's big time. And that's honestly a big reason why I kind of started this whole podcast is just so people could hear perspectives from like others from different walks of lives that are like living, that are living like different ways because that's the only way you're gonna grow is if you learn from other people. And if you wanna learn from somebody that's doing it, that's at a higher spot than you, yeah. you gotta you gotta take that time to listen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, okay. This is the last. This is the last question. I ask this to like everybody. It's not really a question for you, but it's the uh, the interview we asking the interviewer a question. So, if you have a question you want to throw out, it could be weird, it could be wacky, it could be funny, it could be just something random. But you can ask me like any, any question, question, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, hmm. All right. Well. What's been your greatest lesson in the last year? <laughs> I think it's funny you said that because it ties back to what we we're just talking on. It was just learning how to be comfortable with myself and like being alone and having that self-awareness. And that's been like the toughest thing because I like I live currently in Dothan, Alabama, which is a small town in Alabama. There's nothing out there and it's a pandemic. So any type of business that was out there that was going pretty much got shut down. So legit, it was just work, home, work, home, work, home. And I told this to my family. I was like, it got to a point where like, I hated coming home because it felt like a jail cell there. And it was like, what else is there besides work, home, work, home, work, home. Mm -hmm. And learning how to navigate through that. And I'm not saying like I, I mastered at this point, but I forced myself to grow like I didn't have a choice it was like either I can like I can stop bitching or I <laughs> like either I can either I stop bitching or I can just keep doing this and nothing's gonna nothing's gonna change I'm just gonna keep hating going work home work home work home and I was like I can't do that anymore so like it it became a whole deal of just like becoming more self-aware and more in tune with me mm. And that's honestly helped me out so much this year. And that's, that's a big reason why it kind of pisses me off. Like when I hear people talking about how like bad this year out was and how quick they wanted to be over. And I'm like, 2021 is not going to be that much different. And like, if you wasted this whole year and you've learned nothing about yourself and you didn't put any like effort or work to, to grow in any way, shape or form, it doesn't have to be monetarily. Like it could have been spiritually, it could have been emotionally, it could have been your relationships. Like this is a big time for, like, for people to build relationships because that's all you have right now. And to hear people talk the way that they have been, it bugs me. Or I see people just like, and I'm guilty of like doing the same thing. Like I drank a shit ton like during quarantine. I was, I'm, I'm a young 25, like I, I'm dumb sometimes, yeah. But like I've learned the point, it was like, okay, I can't just sit there and like drink because I'm bored because I'm legit drinking because I'm bored. I'm, there's, there's no, there's nobody else here in this house. 
I, like me FaceTiming my friends while I'm drinking is not okay. That's cool. But it's like, okay, what, what else is there? And like, I, I, I've seen that so much on like my friend, like friends, Instagrams and things like that. And that's no knock against them. If that's how you want to handle it, then that's how you handle it. But for me personally, like I hit a moment where I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you, what do you want to be? And it's like, you hate doing this and coming back to this. So like, what can you do to jazz this up while you figure out the rest of your life? Like, what can you do or what can you figure out about what you want to have in the future? And like, it's got to a point where like, I have so much of a better understanding of what I want to do for the future now than I did ever. And it was just through this period and it sucked. Trust me, it sucked. There was too many days where I called home and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't care about this job. Like, that's not even important. Like, there was a bunch of time. <laughs> and it's just like, you you learn to, you learn to push yourself, but you have to learn yourself in order to push yourself because you can keep pushing and just fall and collapse. You got to have like a, a house on a solid foundation. And I felt like this year I helped make that foundation for myself. Yeah. That's a long-winded answer. Oh, that's great answer. <laughs> and and, and I, I just want to point out in that too, this aspect of how many of us are okay being alone, being silent with ourselves. And yeah. how often do you reach for the phone? How often do you get on the computer? How often do you open the book or turn on the TV and try to distract yourself from the reality of what is? Right. Yeah. And and so I'm really proud of you, Archie, for for taking the time to to really sit with you, right? And and get that lesson because that's to me one of the most important lessons you can get. And and then the other aspect I'll just say about lessons for me and and these experiences is they're layered, right? It's like you you don't ever solve the problem completely once. It's an impossibility. And you're, you don't, you don't deconstruct that problem completely. And it, it's a, it's a, you're going to get to a different layer of it and, and, and a different aspect of it. And because, you know, you can, you can reread a book, even yeah. the Bible and you read it and you're like, Oh, I see it differently because I've changed. And, yeah. and that's a, I, I love when I can pick up another book, a book I've already read and read it again and go, I did didn't get that. That's what a gem. Like I completely missed that the first time. And um, I love that. So good, uh, good for you. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. So uh, with that being said, I guess I will wrap this podcast up. Uh, I say this to every guest, Tim, and like you, you kind of instilled this whole thing that I'd say to every guest, but time is something valuable and you can't get it back. Mm. So for you to be able to take the time out to talk to me, to talk to listeners, to viewers, it means a bunch. And I really hope they're able to take something from that. Uh, again, just want to say thank you and appreciate your time. You're, you're welcome. And I appreciate you, Archie. And thanks for doing this. And thanks for uh, being a light. Thank you. Hey, Purpose Finders. I really hope you enjoy part one and part two of the Tim Adams episodes. As I said earlier, Tim Adams is one of my biggest mentors of my life at this point. Somebody that's helped me become a better man as well as become a better consultant when helping athletes on the whole aspect of performing to their best. Uh, if you ever want to go about hitting him up, I'm going to put a link to his LinkedIn, his Instagram, as well as his website. So if you ever want to DM him or maybe send him an email, you can reach him through those sites. Uh, again, remember, like Nipsey said, man, 
find your purpose or you're wasting air. See you later.